Sometimes we get to stand on the bleeding edge of podcast technology, and boy, is that cool. That's what we're talking about today on Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. And me, Ariel Nissenblatt. Thanks to Magellan AI for sponsoring this article. Did you know that Magellan AI is hiring? Join the Magellan AI team to help brands, agencies, and publishers buy and sell podcast ads more intelligently. Go to Magellan.ai for more details. So, Brian... Do you remember when we first started co-hosting together and we had a bit about ending each episode with a sign-off in a different language? You know, I, I can't remember. It was so long ago. It was ago. literally was it three, th- four years. <laughs> four, five, four episodes ago? No, no, but I do remember. Yeah. And it was because... Pretty early on. It was because of something cool we were working on. Was it? Was that the original reason? Yeah, that's why, that's why I had suggested it. And then I realized how poorly worldly I am. Okay, well, good. Well... I think in this episode, it actually makes sense for us to use some different languages. And we'll get to why in just a second. We'll get to the topic of the episode very shortly. But listeners, let us know if you think we should bring it back, if we should sign off each episode with a different language. And if so, we'd love your language suggestions or your language. We're taking language requests. So today, Brian, you are speaking with Sean King, who's the executive vice president of Veritone One. A quick glance at their website tells me that for Veritone One, AI is their MO. First of all, I love acronyms, but that means artificial intelligence is their modus operandi. And I just wanted to spell that out because I am the person here who brings clarity to confusing words or jargon that doesn't quite make sense to the layperson. So I want to make sure that we're really spelling it out here. And listeners, you will definitely hear how Veritone One embodies that in this chat between Brian and Sean that we're about to play for you. But first, Brian, how did you meet Sean? I was really lucky that I got to work with Sean previously when I was at Megaphone and when I was at Barometric, which became Claritas. Sean's awesome, and Veritone One's one of the bigger agencies in the space. And Veritone, the parent company, is a massive tech company in all of audio and, and even more than that. And so, you know, we met through working on a campaign together at one point or another for attribution. We met through potentially trying to figure out a way to, uh, you know, build technology together. And then we had a chance to actually complete a project together here, which has been really cool. First off, let's give some context. A few weeks back, Brian, you wrote an article for Sounds Profitable entitled Sounds Profitable en Español. And it shared the news that Sounds Profitable is now available both as a newsletter in Spanish and as a podcast in Spanish. Yeah. But how is that possible when you don't speak Spanish? No, not not even a little bit, like embarrassingly so. I live in San Antonio and I just nod and feel completely ashamed constantly. <laughs> in that article, you break down how you worked with Veritone's Marvel.ai technology about how to create synthetic voice. And in the conversation that we are about to play between you and Sean, we break down the technology and the ethics of it all. So question for you, before we go off into pre-recorded land, how did you choose which dialect of Spanish to translate Sounds Profitable into? You know, I left a lot of that into their hands. I, you know, this whole thing, the synthetic voice, the translation is so new to me that I, I wanted to work with an expert on it. There are so many sites out there. There are so many companies out there that will do like an example where somebody has Obama's voice and they just, they didn't ask for permission and they throw it up there. So I really kind of leaned on Veritone to and Marvel.ai to really set the stage for what we were going to do. 
they picked the most prevalent Spanish dialect and stuck with that one. So listeners, in this interview, you'll learn about the difference between synthetic AI voice and deep fakes, which was something I was super interested in, and how companies who are creating synthetic voice are hoping to mitigate the spread of fakes. You'll also learn about the theory that using synthetic voice is actually securing and protecting businesses and identities. It kind of sounds counterintuitive, but Brian will walk you through it. And you'll learn why consent is essential to the future that we're outlining here. Brian, anything else to add before we hit play? Just that this is the start of an awesome collaboration and we are super open to exploring other languages and happy to walk anybody through it. I'm really excited about this technology, not just because Sounds Profitable is now another language, uh, because hopefully it encourages someone who is in the same situation I am with Spanish, but with English to get in front of a new audience, to get their opinions out there. So very, very excited about that. So let's hit the tape. Heck yeah. So please welcome Sean King from Veritone One, talking all about Veritone Marvel AI and synthetic voice and translation. Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here, Brian. So it's it's really cool because we've been talking about um, synthetic voice for a long time, you and I, and and I, I've always enjoyed collaborating with both Veritone and Veritone One, uh, the tech side and the agency side. And this product that we ended up working on, this this process that we're working on here, is all about taking my written newsletter, translating it to Spanish, or, or it can be any language, and then you created a synthetic version of my voice to speak the Spanish version so we could have a Spanish language podcast, which sounds like I'm speaking in Spanish. And how long have you guys been working on that? Well, we've been experimenting and working on that for quite some time. We brought it to market officially in May of this past year, but just something within our expertise on the Veritone side, within media management, content management, uh, workflows and everything that go along with it. And then on the Veritone one side, you know, their expertise in all things audio and voice, uh, you know, we just felt that we are in a unique position with Marvel.ai to be able to help not just create synthetic voice, but really help companies and individuals being able to help in the deployment of it, the usage of it, and even the monetization of it. Yeah, that's that's the interesting part there. I think there's so many technologies out there about synthetic voice that are just like, cool, you can build this thing. And then it's like, well, now what? Right. And and the momentum specifically in podcasts advertising and podcasting in general is like, just keep moving forward. You can throw bodies at a problem. Operations work when they're easy, but not a lot of people are able to take the step back and and create a new process or onboard people to a new process. They can accomplish it with manpower. So taking the time to build this out, that this is actually something that can be a whole workflow for people uh, is really fantastic. It makes it accessible even for a team with me and Ian doing this for Sounds Profitable. No, absolutely. And and again, you know, this is, you know, the part about it and and again, our understanding on how the entire ecosystem functions and works and all the people that are involved in it, it is very much driven by time of individuals and being able to make sure that you can help at least from a voice standpoint of making someone extensible. I mean, for example, you, you may get sick tomorrow, Brian, and you may need to record <laughs> something. And, you know, that voice being sick is going to be very different than how it is today when we're talking and just being able to make sure that you can keep moving forward and keep going on. And and again, having that ability to also 
make it more extensible where you can personalize it a bit, localize it a bit, uh, is, is just providing more opportunities to get the message that you're trying to get across and into more people. And even in the ability to be able to hear it in a language that the, that they're accustomed to. Yeah. With the, the synthetic voice, it's so neat because, you know, I've tried out a few of these other tools and we're seeing some of them advance, but the initial version of a lot of them were you had to read a script. And the hard part is that the longer you read a script that you hate, the more you mess up, the more you sound mad and the harder it is to get like a good control. And so you just asked for audio files. They weren't even isolated. You dug out my voice. You created something that sounded really good. My wife is honestly the only person who tells me that it doesn't sound like me. Everybody else is like, yeah, that's great. So that's, you know, awesome. Close enough. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm glad it doesn't fool my wife. But what was neat is that I had to consent every step of the way. And, mm -hmm. and I reflected on that when I started having to sign that and provide my voice authorization for that is that your website doesn't have the Obama example. Like there's some companies out there where they just grab famous people's voices that super haven't consented to it and just show a slider to let you listen to the original speaker and then layer somebody else over to it. So, you know, we, one of the big things we talked about before we even started on this was, was consent and you had really teed it up in a really smart way. There's a big difference between synthetic voice, which is what we're doing and a deep fake. And I'd love to hear you kind of break that down for everybody. Sure. Uh, you know, the fundamentally comes down to consent. You know, we, you know, at the end of the day, and there was a, a big expose on CBS where they talked about synthetic media and deep fakes. And one of the uh, reporters said, you know, the technology is neutral. It's how you use it. And I couldn't agree more. You know, for us, just because we can create synthetic voices of anyone doesn't mean we necessarily should. And for us, you know, this and best way to say it, AI here is this is where it gets very close to home and very close to an individual. And yeah. for some individuals, that could be very scary uh, that, oh, my goodness, this is a computer or this is someone else and it's speaking. But that's my voice. Well, you know, that's very scary when you're not aware that that's happening. But if you've given consent for a clone of your voice to be created and now that that's made it made, you've given the authorization of that clone to be used by specific individuals for specific use cases, it becomes infinite, infinitely less scary. You know, yeah. you're aware that it's there, you know where that technology resides, you know who has access to it, and you know how they're using it. And for us, I mean, it all fundamentally starts with consent. You know, we're not going to create, I mean, we can create a voice for anyone. We're not going to do that unless we have written consent that says that they are giving us the okay to it. Uh, they've given us the appropriate training data and shown that they have the rights to be able to provide us that training data. And, and, and thirdly, you know, that vocal recording of them saying, yes, this is me. And I allow my clone voice to be said, because we want to make sure that that matches the training data that we have. And yeah. we want to make sure that we have those three checkpoints because we can recognize that, you know, we want this to be done for good. And the best way to start it is protecting those individuals. I think it's so smart. And when you were talking about it, you said like, if my voice went away, Right. What a, what an interesting way to look at it. Right. Whether it's text to speech or speech mapping, right, where, where mm -hmm. I speak and another voice is layered over me. If I can still speak, but my voice sounds different. If there was an AI version of my voice, if there is a synthetic version of my voice, you can layer it over me so I can sound like I do now, even if there's damage to it. That could be amazing for recording artists. That could be amazing for voice talent. You're securing and protecting 
that part of your business, that part of your identity. And, and then the other aspect of it is, you know, people are always worried about like loss of jobs. And I tend to think about like, if there's an individual that's so valuable and we want to do more with their voice than they can do, I think we open it up to more jobs because you need a talented person who can mimic their speech patterns. We had Evo talking over my voice or his voice mapped to mine. And it sounds like Evo trying to imitate me. It would never fool anybody that it is Evo if you listen to a few sentences because I have a little bit of a Boston accent. And, you know, Evo doesn't. But like if I get really excited and like I can mimic aspects of Evo, but, but you need someone who's talented enough to do that. If they have accents, you need someone who can mimic an accent successfully. And so that is creating a new layer of work for someone who maybe doesn't have the right sound to their voice, but has all the talent to drive that voice, to play that instrument. And that, oh man, that's so cool. Being able to have a small team that could license someone's voice at a cheaper rate to do something, to do a demo or a mock and have sophisticated talent to execute it sounds awesome. That sounds way better. It sounds like it's creating opportunity. Well, it does. And also from that side, think about it from like voice fatigue. You know, if you're a voiceover talent and you have to get into the studio and you have to do 500 different reads, you know, the quality at read five versus yeah. read 455, you know, it's going to be very different. So being able to make sure that you can have and control a consistency of your voice, you know, at the end of the day, that brand or that company or that movie studio or that producer, they're still wanting your voice. And they're still wanting you and your talent and your inflection and your tonality. But having to not just be able to have that, but that safeguard that you're getting the best product forward that you can. I mean, you're providing a, a, another layer or another tool in your instrument uh, that you can take out there and, and, and have available to the masses. Yeah, I agree with that. And so on the ethics line, is there an organization out there that like, so we have the IAB for podcast measurement and all that. Is there an organization out there that, that focuses on the ethics of this type of technology? Yes. I mean, we have partnered and founding members of the OB, OVN. It's the Open Voice Network. Uh, so it's a group of a lot of industry uh, executives that's from the content community, that's from the talent communities, from the technology community that are really seared around education and the right controls and governance that need to be in place to make sure that there's safe and ethical usage of it. That's awesome. And is it easy for someone to apply? Like, is that something I could participate in? Absolutely. Absolutely. And happy to make sure we can share that contact uh, with your audience. Yeah. I think that's super cool because I, I think that this is an opportunity for the companies in the space that are trying to go about it the right way that do not want to be associated with deep fake technology, that do want to drive this technology and this usage forward. This is a great place for everybody be, to be in there. Like, and it's and there's so many different ways to go about it. There's no, there's not gonna be one size fits all. There's always reasons for competition and new partners in there and new innovation. But if we can all agree on a framework for that ethics, I think it gets a little bit safer. Like at the end of the day, the tool is a tool, but we're deciding as humans, as ethical people, how we're going to use it. And I, and I like that. And the more visibility that that has, the more I think this will be comfortable for people with, with sounds profitable. I've decided for my audience, I want to declare it at the top. This was translated by Veritone Marvel AI. This was, you know, uh, this is a synthetic voice provided by them. I make that very, very clear in everything I do at the beginning, because I want people to be able to opt out if they want to. And I think that that has actually gotten more people comfortable with it, right? Agreed. You don't want to trick the consumer at the end of the day. 
Which is so weird because John Favreau, uh, which as me and you are both Star Wars guys, he uh, he was making a comment about the Luke Skywalker thing, right? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, "Ah, it's movie magic. You don't need to know." And I was like, "I don't, I don't know. I think I want to know. I don't think it's going to ruin it for me if I know." I get, I get. You're saying there's the reveal there, but like, we got to find a way that that I can know. Because I, I want to have that option. I want to be able to say like, oh, this is really cool technology. Not like, oh my God, how did they, like, I've been tricked, right? Oh, absolutely. And and look, the the Star Wars is a great example. I mean, that was uh, created by our friends at Respeacher. And, you know, I happen to know they ask for a lot of consent as well in the work that they do. And, you know, that's a great example we were talking about, you know, having Mark Hamill's voice yeah. in, in 85, very different than Mark Hamill's voice Boy. today in 2020. <laughs> But being able to, again, have him still voice his iconic character in, in the right tonality and the right cadence that he is, but being able to hear his voice from, you know, 85, yeah. you know, it, it, it helps make a more impactful moment. Yeah, I, I guess maybe playing the Joker and all the DC animated stuff has probably pushed his normal voice closer to Joker than Luke Skywalker <laughs> as he gets older. Uh, not mad about that, but that's it's it's such a cool technology and that's such a great example of it. But but this is the interesting part: the ethics were held forward by the people involved in it. He gave his consent to it. He walked through all the steps. It was used in the appropriate manner. But now we have to discuss the next part, what visibility is needed. And that's why I'm excited that you're part of this and you're a founding member of Open Voice Network. It's just, that's a really cool thing to invite people to because this is the cutting edge of this, right? We're, we're just starting to define it. And this is a great time for people to get involved in it. Yeah. And I think, again, it, I 100% agree because, look, we're interacting with voice today. All around, we're talking on our, we're talking with Siri, we're talking with our IoT devices, you know, it's in our cars and coming to our cars, you know, it is something that's going to be, it's snowballing at a much faster rate. Uh, But again, you know, here's a great opportunity where you can really start to personalize these interactions in our life and and, and add new uh, personalities uh, to, to what we're working with. But again, to that same point, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. So let's just make sure it's done ethically with right consent and, and with appropriate disclosures so that everyone can feel a lot more comfortable about what we're doing. Yeah. And with the the language thing, I thought it was so cool because what excites me about that is that, you know, it's it's translation. You're translating my American English words into a specific Spanish dialect and it it hits home, right? It becomes more accessible for an audience that could not consume it. It explains that this is not me writing it out there. And it's it's specifically translation. It's not localization. But what it does is it helps me test the water on a few things, right? Like it's not someone taking my concept and saying like when I say like lipstick on a pig and breaking it down to, you know, something that resonates better to people in Mexico, right? It's It doesn't. It doesn't do that part because that's not what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make it accessible, my words accessible, but it helps me test it out right? It, it shows, is the interest there for it to be in another language? It shows, are there people there that are hungry to help me expand that, mm-hmm. that find interest in it and want to help with the localization aspect of it? And, and what's more exciting, and, and I think that you've made it pretty clear you're open to collaborating with anybody who wants to dig into this and do more with it. I truly hope that somebody listens to or reads the Spanish version of Sounds Profitable and says, I could do this better 
in a Spanish speaking language, talking to people that Brian can never communicate easily with because of language barrier. And I want that content in English. I want to compete with Brian on the English stage. That would make me so happy. Like, because we talk a lot about English going to other languages, but Squid Game is one of the top shows right now. And half the shows I've watched on Netflix over the last two years that have been astounding have been not primarily English. And that's exciting to me because we need those different cultural points of view. We need those different experiences and we need to think about not just as English out, but other languages in. 100% agree. I mean, just looking at some podcast stats, I mean, you look at consumption stats and, you know, using the first of like English outward, you know, look how much consumption of English podcasts are globally. You know, no matter where you're at, you're getting the yeah. same English language that everyone is hearing as if you're having it here. But being able to somewhat personalize that content by saying, look, I'm downloading this in, in Italy. I'm, I, I could hear Brian in Italian, you know, how much more impactful is that going to be? How much bigger is the audience going to be? How much more yeah. uh, expansive is my messaging going to be? And then to that same point, there's a lot of global content out there. And if anything, during the pandemics and the studio shutdown is, you know, people are hungry for content yeah. and anything that we can do to help localize, personalize in that content so it can be consumed to, to the individual is only going to help you know, it's going to help the person become more informed on a topic they're looking for. It's going to help that show creator or that or that educator that's trying to get their message out there. Uh, it's going to just it's it's going to expand to the masses. And it's and that's really exciting. I, I could not agree more. I think that that is the most exciting part of it. We need different points of view. Right. We need to appeal to a wider audience and that needs to be more accessible and you know, you guys are providing this tool to me as a sponsor, but I'm aware of what the pricing would have been for my specific use case. And it was absolutely within Sounds Profitable's budget. It would have been a worthwhile expense. Mm -hmm. And that's a really cool thing that I'm that I'm excited to be able to say, because as the technology becomes more and more used, as it becomes better and over time, the price is only going to go down. It's not going to become more expensive. The price to licensing cool voices like Mark Hamill reading Sounds Profitable is probably going to be pretty expensive. Maybe that's 10-year anniversary present. We'll figure that out. This is becoming accessible. And, and I think that we're going to be able to learn from people and, and languages that we've kind of missed out on and that, that have such great stories and education to share with us. And, and I'm really, really excited to see you guys be such a big part of that. And I'm really happy to be a demo and experience that. And what would be your dream language that we expand Sounds Profitable into? We did Spanish, and I think that was a hit, but what what one has excited you? Oh, geez. Oh, God, there's so many. I mean, look, anytime we get to create a new one and we get to hear that person speak that, and you get that visceral reaction of someone going like, oh, my, and then you get that ver that validation from someone. Like if we, you know, Japanese, throwing that out there, you know, you, yeah. you know Brian speaking Japanese and having a Japanese speaker go, Yep. Nope. That's word for word. Yeah, that, that is correct. And, and just getting to see everyone's kind of visceral reaction to that. That's exciting. I mean, that's that, 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 that show it's, it invigorates me. It's like, oh, wow, we're onto something amazing. You know, we get to see this application of this technology and see how it's impactful on everyday people. I mean, I would love nothing more than that. We have sounds profitable on any other podcasts and other media. It doesn't matter yeah. uh, in, in such language that we're having to go in different dialects within subregions. 
that's going to be really fun. So I think that would be unique because look, I think, think about education for a second. And, you know, there's a lot of education that's created online and the subtle nuances of, you know, someone speaking with a Boston accent, someone in California, someone's, you know, with, with a Southern accent or Southern draw. I and mean, we're just talking about different variations of English language. Yeah. But if, if you're trying to be educated or you're a student, uh, that is, uh, uh, you're a student that is, you know, wanting to learn more. Maybe you can actually absorb more if you're hearing just in a different, you know, accent. And so if we can get to the point where, you know, we're going to that level of personalization in it, like that's going to be awesome. I'm I'm excited for that. I think that's going to be a really cool thing to explore. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I always end by asking, what is the podcast that you're listening to right now? Ooh, I am a huge fan of Guy Raz and How I Built This. So that is always the one that I'm listening to. It's a, it's a motivating one for myself. I listen to him way more on Wow in the World because I have a three-year-old. And so, <laughs> but he's fantastic and, and yeah, great, great show. Well, thanks, Sean, so much for joining me. Nice, Glenn. Take care. Thanks for having me. Brian, what a great chat. Lots of futuristic vibes over there. I can't wait to hear you speaking Japanese. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think Japanese would be a really fun language to try. I'm really open to anything, mostly because when I say try, I mean the Marvel AI team is going to yeah, you don't have take to learn my anything. voice <laughs> yeah, and just make it work. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. If you're a Sounds Profitable listener who speaks Japanese or is currently in Japan, please do let us know. We have our social handles at the end of the episode, and we'd love to hear from you. So why was it important for you, Brian, to make Sounds Profitable available in Spanish? And why Spanish first? I think that Spanish language is is probably the second most important in the podcast world because of the overlap of the U.S. population. I think Mexico and, and Latin America and all the other Spanish-speaking countries are uh, ones that are on the top list of podcast listening and also overlap into English a little bit. And we have an opportunity in the ad tech space to expand into the next closest thing. Right. If you think uh, think about it, like the U.S. does really well, and then we have a lot of English-speaking countries, but it's also proximity. It's also people within our borders and trying to get more people to feel accustomed to the content and feel accustomed to the advertisement. Spanish makes absolutely the most sense, and and I think we'll see it in content, in ads, and in priority next. And what's the reception been so far for Sounds Profitable and Espanol? Have a lot of people subscribed to the newsletter? Are they listening to the feed in Spanish? I think that it's exactly what I expected it to be. So Sounds Profitable is meant to be a test bed for all these technologies. It's meant to be a source for companies like, you know, Veritone Marvel AI to point to and say, here's someone who's consistently using it. And for companies that are interested in exploring it to try out and see what it's like on a weekly basis being actively used. So, you know, the numbers aren't huge. We have about 25 to 30 people, both on the podcast feed and on the Spanish language newsletter. And almost all of them are primarily Spanish speaking as their first language. And that's pretty cool. Now, granted, out of the total population of Sounds Profitable listeners, the podcast side is actually more impressive. We have about, we actually now have more people listening to just the narrated articles in Spanish than we have just the narrated articles in English, which is pretty neat by about five more people. But the newsletter, we're at about 3,500 total subscribers. So 31-ish newsletter subscribers as of right now in Espanol isn't really moving the needle. But to me, it's about proof of concept and it's about making it accessible. This is 
either one more thing that helps my content get out there yeah. or either one more path that someone who's producing content in Spanish goes, hey, I, I should be getting as much visibility as this guy is, but in English. Right, right. And this episode, this conversation between us right now also serves as a, another call to action that if you didn't yet know that there is Sounds Profitable in Spanish, now you know, go subscribe at soundsprofitable.com. And also, I want to shout out the folks who tag us in posts on Twitter in Spanish. We see you. We know you're listening and we know you're reading. And that's really awesome to hear and to see and for me to retweet. And sometimes I just press that little button that says translate tweet to make sure that you're saying nice things about Sounds Profitable before I retweet it. <laughs> there was there was someone who it was very funny. They wrote uh, Grosso in response to a comment in Spanish. And to me, I translated that and I was like, oh, no, they think this is gross, which was uh, <laughs> I was super concerned about that but what's funny is it's that's like me being like ah that's sick man like when i oh talked to them they were just like yeah that's like oh that's so awesome and it it really made you me thought laugh. you were being called was, nasty yeah i was like oh wow i messed up way more than i thought i would you're a gross boy but that's but that's the exact point like this is a first step this is me yep. dipping my toe in the water and saying is there an appeal for it I absolutely mean it that if this continues to gain steam, I will hire someone who will, you know, represent sounds profitable in Spanish language and will create completely new content. There's no reason why I wouldn't explore that if this first dip into it proves that there's interest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you are not a Spanish speaker, but maybe you took Spanish in high school and you're looking to up your game a little bit, it could be cool to read <laughs> the industry trades in the language that you're trying to learn more about. So that's yet another reason to subscribe. Yeah, we'll be partnering with Duolingo. Uh, <laughs> is it Duolingo? Duolingo. Yeah, we'll, Duolingo. We'll be partnering with that owl uh, to make sure that Sounds Profitable is part of your curriculum. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, you and Sean talked in your conversation about the Open Voice Network. So if folks want to get involved or learn more about OVN, where can they do that? So we'll get a link and we'll put it in the episode description. I think that this is a really smart thing. I think that Veritone really focusing on inclusivity with everybody who's building technology in the space and trying to champion the ethics behind this is really important. So if you are in this space at all, in any aspect, there are voice actors, there are you know, technology companies, there's a little bit of everything in here. Absolutely look into the Open Voice Network and evaluate if that's something you want to be a part of to drive the future of this, because this isn't going away and we need oversight. And I'm really excited that that was such a prominent thing for Veritone to bring up. I love the sentiment that you and Sean shared that we never want to trick the consumer into thinking that synthetic voice is the original voice on a podcast. Um, and because of that, you acknowledge it up top at the top of the episode. You say, hey, the episode that you're about to listen to has been translated by way of Marvel.ai. And that allows listeners to say, OK, great, I'm going to consume it with that in mind or I'm going to opt out. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's really important. I think giving people the opportunity to opt out is really important. Me and Sean dug into a little bit, I, I think, about how they handled it in Star Wars. Yeah. And it doesn't bother me. And movie magic is a different thing. Mm -hmm. But a podcast, people want to know what. Yeah, I, I think that people want to know. I think there's a difference between going to a movie or seeing a concert or seeing something live or tuning in to hear someone's voice do something primarily. I I don't know. I, I yeah. think there's a fine line that I can't articulate, but definitely Brian narrating an entire article in Spanish absolutely does need that disclaimer <laughs> because it might be completely off putting. And I'm OK with that. 
Right. And it also gives the flexibility that if for some reason the technology isn't 100 percent there one week and like you said, pig in lipstick get translated weird. Now people understand a little bit why that might be the case. Yeah. Yep. It gives you a little bit more wiggle room, a little more understanding. But I, I guess I don't understand how they would do it necessarily for Star Wars if they were just like, this includes, you know, reconstructed voices or AI voices or AI, you know, visualizations of people. Right. Then everyone would start speculating who they're bringing back for it. Yeah, and you kind of ruin the surprise. But I, I don't know. A weird line that I don't have to decide, but I, as the person putting out the content, can decide that it, it fits for my content to disclose it as soon as possible. Yep. And we're giving you listeners the option to be as transparent as possible. I think that fits into the larger sort of standard that's set in the podcast space of transparency in audio. And I would love for that to extend into this future of synthetic voice. I'm with you on that. I want to next reiterate what Sean said, which is that we're already interacting with voice a lot through Siri, through Alexa, through other IOT devices, but he says that synthetic voice will allow us to personalize that experience, which was exciting to me because I use Siri a lot. I have a very good relationship with her. She understands me. I understand her. And uh, I'm excited to see what personalizing that experience further could mean. A, a little robot friend for me. And I really like that. I know that Waze has certain voices on there that you can get celebrity voices. There's, uh, I think it's called Speechify. I have an app that will read articles to me. And instead of it sounding like a robot, I can make it sound like a grunt old professor huh. that was my really terrible impression i don't know if you saw my ex-friend's presentation i'm starting accents you did do costumes. an accent didn't you right How yeah, would i tried you, really hard what was the accent was it albert einstein I've, i have no idea <laughs> i have i literally i put it on and i was like wow but i used to larp so i figure i can make this work but i i think you're right i think that you know speaking to siri is really awkward and it's very robotic not for me i have a no? very very good relationship with siri i don't know what it is I, th Maybe I think it's, it's because patience. she understands you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, con I constantly just get the rejection messages and That's I don't want to hear that from a robot. I don't know. I, I think that having those options are going to be really cool. We're still going to hit that uncanny valley phase. Mm. We're hitting it with virtual reality. We're hitting it with CGI and movies and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's going to become more and more comfortable and we're going to see it more and more. So the things that make people comfortable with it are important. How do you see synthetic voice fitting into the audio space in the next two to five years? How do you think that's going to look or sound like? I find it funny that we don't have the standard like celebrity endorsements not related to podcasting in podcasting, right? Like, remember like how many people, how many different celebrities like advertised Pizza Hut, right? Mm. Like how many sports stars and things like that. I think that'll be really interesting, being able to license a voice and say, oh, well, I would love for Shaq to to help sell this product. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. It's very easy to do it with voice where it is harder to do it, you know, with full body, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it's CGI or whatnot. So I think it'll allow for people to find specific voices that they want to license. I think it'll allow for a more diversity and voice talent right now. If you can do a good impression, but you just don't sound directly like them, but you can match the accent. Ian, our editor, for example, can do a great British accent. And at some point I want to run it through there and see if Ian doing a British accent can have James's voice map to it huh. and sound way better than me doing it because if you listen to the episode that ian put out where it's my voice with james and evo mapped to it you can hear evo's excitement mapped onto my voice with a little bit of my boston accent and you can hear the worst me and james had a child and confused it for its whole <laughs> life i've ever heard on that end 
So I think that it empowers more options for voice. It empowers a diversity in voice talent. And then I don't know. I, I, I think we're going to hear more genuine excitement and endorsement because it's not a host that's burnt out yeah. from saying the same ads over and over again. It's someone who gave the thumbs up that that's an endorsement that they, they would do, or they read it or wrote it once. And then someone else gets to mix it up every week or every day. If it's a daily podcast, now someone else can record variations of it that sounds exactly like them. So it's not stale. Yeah. One of the use cases that you mentioned was if a voice actor needs to do their 500th take on something, it's probably going to sound tired. It's going to sound yeah. not like their first take. And synthetic voice allows allows us to get great takes all the time. And also, what if somebody needs to call out sick, but the production needs to happen today? Synthetic voice can help with that for better or for worse, whether you like that or not. I think it is coming. Yeah. Even like the the point of view, what happens if like they're a voice actor and their voice is damaged, right? Yep. Val Kilmer lost oh, yeah. his voice, right? And now through this, they were able to make synthetic voice for him. That's yeah. really cool. I think we're just scratching the surfaces of it. I think that people are right to be afraid of it, but I think that that will prove to be not a cost-effective avenue. Mm. This isn't going to be, no one's going to be typing in their keyboard and putting out uh, or getting rid of all voice actors in video games and movies and, and things like that. They might try, but the audience will clearly know and clearly not enjoy it and it'll shift. But I don't, I don't think we're going to get there. I think it's going to be more about utility, more about more tools for voice actors, and more about a, another thing to license, another thing to explore and make money off of for, for a lot of creatives. And then my last question for you is, how do you hope that sounds profitable listeners and readers will take advantage of Marvel.ai? You talked about this a little bit in that you want folks to use the technology for their own content production. But what do you have in mind? I just want to see people explore it. I want to see publishers look at their content and pick a language that they think they'll resonate with based on where their podcasts are listened to or the audiences that work with them and try it. Take a few episodes and, and just translate it. Whether it's your voice or not, translate it and use one of their professional voices, which is way more affordable, and just see if it resonates. If it resonates, then I want you to hire somebody and just rebuild the content completely in another language. This isn't going to be a one-time thing with Spanish. It's it's going to expand into other countries and other languages. So that's really important to me. I think that this is a tool to test if it's worth expanding somewhere and then put your full force behind it. And it's relatively easy to accomplish. Well, that's all I've got for you, Brian. Loved your conversation with Sean today. And I'm excited to see how Sounds Profitable listeners and readers will hopefully start implementing Marvel AI from Veritone. Here's what's happening this week in the world of podcasting with James Cridland at Pod News. If you want to connect or have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us on social media at Sounds Prof News, at Brian Barletta, or at Ari This and That on Twitter, podcast at soundsprofitable.com for email. Or you can reach out to us via the Yappa link in the show's description. This show was recorded using Squadcast. It's a fantastic audio and video remote recording tool with tons of great features. I use it for the podcast and I use it for our product deep dives, which you should definitely check out. Please go to squadcast.fm for a free trial. I think you'll love it. Make sure you check out the private Sounds Profitable feed if you haven't already on Supercast for access to narrated articles and early drops of the interview episodes. 
Link in the episode's description. Thanks to Evo Terra and Ian Powell for their help on this episode. Goofy sign off. Goofy sign off. <laughs> <laughs>